Are you wandering in the wilderness? Or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to the Revival Cry podcast. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Revival Cry. This is your host, Eric Miller. So thankful that you've chosen to be with us today. I have some very special guests with me today. This is Pastor Armin and Atili Bot Valdez. They pastor Maranatha Family Church. Would you guys say hi to everybody? Hi, hi. everyone. Hello, family. Thanks for having us. Oh, man, we love you guys. We're so excited. It's been a Long time coming that we've really been looking forward to having you guys on the show. I just want to remind you, if you're listening on Mango Radio today, Mm -hmm. you can also follow up and listen again on our podcast. If you can't listen on time for the radio program, which is every Thursday night, 6.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturday morning, uh, 6.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. And you can also catch us on our YouTube channel, Revival Cry, and we'll check you out there as well. Make sure you subscribe and like the video. Praise the Lord. Well, we have known you guys since 2014. Yes. Right. Which was kind of funny because we've been missionaries here in the Philippines in Davao City since 2003. Uh-huh. And up until that time, we never met. Yes. Yeah, for 10 years. For 10 years, and we had so many common friends, uh-huh. and we were literally just kilometers away from each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it was really amazing. We had a common friend who introduced us, yeah. and we'll get more into that in a little bit. But how, how would you describe how you guys came to know the Lord uh, individually and then what God has done with you since then? I got born again when um, I was first year college, in first year college. I think the same year as yours? No. 19... I was in high school the uh, third year. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so 1986, right? 1986? Yes, I got oh, wow. born again 1986 and same same M- year? Maybe, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> so sure. yeah, the, my, my aunt I'm, was... Uh, Introduced me to the four spiritual laws. Oh, yeah. Camps Crusade. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that's how I get to know the Lord. Amazing. So yeah. it, that's really encouraging because a lot of times people use tracks and they never know yeah. if anybody actually read mm-hmm. them. But you were given one and that's what yes. led you to Jesus. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How about you, Pastor Armin? Well, uh, I got saved also in school uh, in a, a campus, campus ministry. ministry. Okay. Okay. Wow. The, <laughs> And uh, I was uh, third year, I think third year high school. Mm. So, but the my conversion was kind of different. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I came to know the Lord during that time. Well, that only shows that I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you you had some wild encounters. Uh huh. Yes. And your That's testimony. Why. 
And I would encourage people, they can go view your testimony, I think, yes. on YouTube on yeah. the 700, 700 Club. Club. Asia. And That's what right. would, would there be a title for that? I think uh, there was one in Filipino. It's Nuno. Uh, Nuno. Yeah, it's like a, a term for a dwarf. Yeah. In the... Like an an, yeah. an anthill or something. Because <laughs> you you actually had this demonic yes. encounter, yes. and it was tormenting you. Yes. And then you came to the Lord right after that. I came to the Lord before they came after me, tormenting wow. me. Because for them, I am a traitor. Wow. So I was uh, uh, told by you know somebody advised my dad to to do this and my mom prepared something to make friends with with the with demons like a know? peace wow. offering like a peace offering so when i did it you know i i saw the grasses they just they just you know fall they, what do you call that uh, when this, they 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 were bent and you can hear them marching and wow. all the grasses are down wow and mm. so uh that scares me, you yeah, know, to see sure. it's, it's like a brigade of uh, soldiers oh, marching. Wow. And you can hear, uh, and it, even the, the the ground will shake. So anyway, that's another yeah. <laughs> story but to it's, tell. But it's part of your story. Yes. And then you get born again, and as you guys come to know the Lord, how did you meet each other? Well, we started pastoring as early as 18 years old. Wow. And so, right. uh, like after that, we uh, we were uh, in a church. I actually, my sister introduced me to him because he was his. Uh, he was her her cell leader. Yeah, gotcha. Her, yeah, okay. Wow. So Bible study leader at first, and then he became a pastor, and then. Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> wow. The rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> so you used the sister to find the yeah. sister. Okay, I got you. No, that's awesome. I know Filipinos love love stories, you know? Yes. And it's so much fun to see and hear how God brings people together. And it's encouraging because, you know, when people look at ministry... They look at the titles of pastor, evangelist, prophet, you know, all these things. But what they don't realize is that really great ministries are built off of uh, our sonship, mm -hmm. understanding who we are in Christ, yeah. our marriages, mm -hmm. and our families, yeah. if we're going to have healthy ministries. Yeah. And I know that's something you guys have really carried. What is it about marriage and family that is so important to you in your understanding of ministry? Yeah, about marriage? Well, marriage is a typification of God's relationship with us. Yeah. And that is why, for me, uh, the marriage covenant is very important. And, uh, and to keep it healthy, of course, we have to walk with the Lord. Yeah. The fear of the Lord first, so that you can always that you will always in every situation in marriage whether in you have arguments and fightings you see if you have the fear of the lord you love god you will mm. always end up doing the right decision wow yeah, so it's the word togetherness that's that's something that, a dynamic that we need to develop the husband and the wife uh, togetherness so whenever there is a a quarrel or miscommunication or misunderstanding there is a need for us to what to forgive 
Yeah. What did? Yeah, we need to build um strong family system. Yes. Yeah. That's why, uh, as our church is called Maranatha, we are affiliated uh, at Maranatha Fellowship in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but we include, um, we included Maranatha Family Church, church because a strong, f- uh, a strong church. Yeah. It comprises strong families. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's yeah. why we are building on families and relationships and that's marriages. Right. And and some of the healthiest churches I've seen over the years is not just churches with big ministries or successful programs, but churches that have strong relationships. Because really, the Lord says we got to love Him uh-huh. first with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love, love each it. other mm-hmm. as we love ourselves. That's right. It's kind of hard to be effective in ministry to the lost and to the world who are experiencing divorce and Mm. all kinds of hardship and relationships that if we're not living what God says is important to him as far as, you know, even let us make man in our image. image. You know, there's this family mentality to God that is so important. I even always thought it was interesting that in Genesis, he says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it to Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. But then in the Great Commission, he says, go make go disciples make of all men. That's right. You know, so there's something about the heartbeat of God that when the families and, uh, and the marriages are valued, yeah. that ministry takes on more of a clear understanding of what real discipleship is to fulfill the Great Commission. That's right. You know, when we met in 2014, it was some unique circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. We were going through a tough time. <laughs> and what would you mind just sharing maybe whatever details you feel comfortable with about what were some of the challenges you were going through because I think it's encouraging to see how the Lord brought us together. That's right. And then how we have mutually helped each other mm-hmm. so much. But it seems like that you coming in into into our church is like a compliment. Vice versa <laughs> for us. Right. Which is amazing. But what were some of the challenges you guys were dealing with at that time? Yeah. There were some people who became disloyal to us uh-huh. and and has caused us uh, division. Right. You know, and embraced some yes. uh, doctrines. But, but anyway, yeah. regardless, you know, there's still our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Right. But what I believe is that God is sovereign and He is the one who allows trials. And right. when He allows it, He has a purpose. And so I believe it, it has to happen on yeah. our side and it has yes, to happen, happen on, on your <laughs> side right. of the ministry yeah. so that we can, you know, be together. Which is funny because <laughs> while you were struggling, I think you were struggling with just different sicknesses and yes. stuff at the time. Yes. There, were, there was a host of issues. Yes. We were struggling because we had planted a church. Mm. I didn't feel called to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And yet for eight years, we pastored a church in Agdow area. And so most of the people who came, you know, our, our tithes and offerings were very low. And so as missionaries, we were providing the funds from the U.S. But yet, 
I was always feeling like there's got to be a better way to do this yeah. so that the people feel like they have ownership of the church. I don't want it to be viewed as Eric's ministry or Eric's church. And so we had a Filipino pastor, but then they went in another direction and they were pastoring for about a year. And then it was challenging because they were moving to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sitting here thinking, well, I thought I was going to go start fire school ministry, which I had no confidence that I could do something like that. I didn't feel qualified. But here's what happened is that we had a common friend who said, you guys really just need to meet. Mm-hmm. And we met at Coffee Starbucks. You and I yes, did. I think like three Wednesdays in a row. Mm. And then you were sharing a dream that you had, a reoccurring dream. Would would you talk about that real quick? Uh, real quick. Okay, so it was uh, 2007. I had that dream. And then uh, at the end of the, the dream, uh, I heard God ask me, uh, showed me. I mean, at the last part of the dream, the Lord showed me Davao, the streets, the market, etc. Mm. And I felt the burden of the Lord, His his deep compassion and love for people, for the lost. And I felt it, and I was about to explode. You know, my heart was about to explode at that moment because of so much overwhelming pressure of God's love for people. Wow. And then I heard a voice. It said, uh, bring them. Bring, yeah. And I said, yes, Lord. And then... And then that's it. And then, but then I, I cried. I said I was really crying so hard. I woke up and I said, "Lord," I said, "Yes," but how will that happen? <laughs> that unless you come and uh, allow everyone to experience the same thing. Yeah. So if they have it in their hearts, that kind of love and revival, the burden, and the, burden the passion. Hmm. I mean, it would be easier. Yeah. But now it's just me. I felt uh, at that time. And so I was asking God, so, Lord, how will this happen? And seven years later, we met at the mall. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, you not knowing that experience of mine. And then you were telling me, you know, this should be done. Step one, step two. And, then and we were said, talking about revival evangelism. Yes, yes right. Yeah. And then I said, whoa. And then I, wow. the Lord reminded me at that moment, you know, these were your questions. And now you're hearing this. I said, oh, yeah. Said, so... After that, we met with Sir Mike, okay. Mike Bailey. Yeah. Okay. So we had. Who's our, part of our team? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you introduced him to me, and uh, he gave more, and wow. then uh, and then you introduced uh, Ati Casey, your wife. Yeah. Your beautiful wife. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we had, had a date, we had dinner right? together. That's remember? right. I remember that. Yes. Wow. And then. Uh, besides the the seminar that you did in church, which we ask you to do. Uh, the evangelistic uh, right every Sunday afternoon because yeah. at the time I was I had to take on the pastoring of the church again that's right which I was like I didn't really want to do that and and I always had you know Kevin Cracknell yeah. one of our missionaries that's would always tell me he goes bro you got to get out from pastoring he <laughs> says you got to get out there that's where God uses you and stuff like that and that would always be in the back of my mind and I wanted to do that mm-hmm. but I had a, a I always felt like God told us to plant the church, which to this day I still feel like he did. But it was to teach us Mm. how to understand as an evangelist what pastors go through. Mm. And we did it for eight years. Mm. And even though I'm not Filipino, 
there was a sense of understanding that made me compassionate towards pastors and local churches to value it. Because a lot of evangelists and people who go out there, you know, we want to go preach to crowds, we want to win souls and and all that, but really, you know, a lot of times we'll catch the fish and then the pastors have to clean them. (laughs) And and then, you know, we we clean our hands and say, I'm I'm moving on. (laughs) But I really don't think that's a healthy way to look at an evangelist. Mm -hmm. Because if we look at all the fivefold gifts, you see them as equipping the body. That's right. And so when we, you were experiencing those challenges, I was thinking, what, what is this all about? I got excited that I was going to be able to teach on revival and evangelism. Mm. That's what I want to talk about all the time, you know? <laughs> and then we were doing it for several weeks in a row. And then the Holy Spirit was poured out. I think it was about the fourth Sunday. Yeah. And we started from the law, went to grace, went to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the power of God came down. A lot of people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it was one of the most spectacular baptisms in the Holy Spirit I think I can remember being a part of. And that's something that I love to talk about, and I've seen it happen many times. Yeah. But it was after that which was so unique. Because now I'm like really wanting to be with you guys all the time but I have this church mm-hmm. and I'm thinking what do we do and at the church we weren't coming up with a leader to take it over so I'm thinking I can't just close the door and I kept hearing that from the Lord Lord what should I do at the church he said close the doors <laughs> and I'm thinking how can I close the doors we got you know we got all these people it was less than a hundred people that were coming and you know we've seen a lot of them come with the Lord Mm. I can't just close the door. What does that mean? Well, what happened was another door opened. Mm -hmm. Our church ended up blending with Maranatha Church. We now have a Filipino pastor Mm. who really wants to pastor. (laughs) And then I was able to function in more of the calling, I think, that Casey and I, the Lord brought us to. So ever since that time, we've been working with you guys, and it's been such an honor and we've seen God expand. Fire School was started yeah. a lot of the reason because of the help we received from you guys mm-hmm. and also from some of the people in the church that w- it was necessary for us to work together. It, during that time, do you remember how, when God was moving, how it impacted some of your other churches? I, I think I remember like Pastora Pang and their church, they had, you know, a witch doctor get saved and uh, there were different things that were happening. It seemed like some of the other churches were encountering the Holy Spirit around the same time yeah. that that was happening yeah. in 2014. That's right. So uh, actually, uh, can I take it back before yeah, that? Sure. Before... Before the, you the coming in, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so they can understand, you know, where, where we are we, coming from. Yes, uh, actually, uh, uh, long, long time ago, that was maybe let's just say early two thousand. Yeah. Okay, so we were, uh, I mean, ministry was doing good, etc. The the Lord is moving, but then something happened. That's why we transferred to a bigger place because we we have expanded. Yeah. The the congregation got bigger, and then so we move in the theater. Right. Yeah. But and so, but with that, uh, that's two thousand nine, I think. Yeah, but before that, mm-hmm. uh, I was referring to. 
the but you know something happened in the body of Christ that was you know locally here mm-hmm. yes yeah. in Davao that right. we have to somehow I'm sorry to say this but somehow we shun the Holy Spirit yeah the move of the Holy Spirit because uh, there was a move of the Holy Spirit but somebody came and uh, and push it there was the some extreme. false doctrine yes and, and then uh, like for one it led one of our leaders to prophesy like oh the lord says stop doing bible studies and you know things stop like that stop coming to church yeah i wow. mean things got weird you yeah. know and and so before you came before we came it was years of being dry in the wow. spirit that's why when you said the holy spirit came and many were baptized because it's like a firewood that's, that has been so dried yeah, up it was, wow. for, it was for ignited a, interesting yeah so that was early 2000 something happened to us that uh, we we said that uh, because uh, there was a bad notion of, about uh, revival yes. okay yeah, there right. was a revival it it started a, a little bit yeah okay like there was spark. the window yes and then false teaching came in and it divided the body of christ and so we said okay enough of this because if you talk about revival yeah it's, it's a, a bad negative word. yes uh-huh. it's yeah. a bad word <laughs> yeah so if you talk about revival i said oh no and here we come Not from again. the browns no yeah. revival, and we're like revival you know and, and then for us what <laughs> <laughs> who are these crazy people can we trust them yeah, yeah. because uh yeah so we were burned with a different kind of fire that uh because that the, the, so the toronto work. movement started at that time yeah and so we were singing their songs yep. before yeah. the vineyard yeah so uh, we thought that we're oh we're in we're aligned yeah. with this um movement <laughs> yeah but it turned out that we went went Something, extreme yeah, yeah sure the thi- wow. things deviated because of uh, of some kind of doctrine, and it divided the body of Christ, and has caused a lot of pain. And mm-hmm. that's why we, we said any anything about revival, we have nothing to do with it. <laughs> like so I think even even singing in the spirit during yeah. worship yeah, was somehow to... stopped. Right. In a way. Because there was concern that you didn't want anything demonic, which I understand that. And and this is a good point to bring out because I think a lot of people are afraid of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of power, of miracles, because there's been so much charismania. I and think I think the manifestations. Yeah, manifestations. Yes. You know, and and so how do we deal with that? Well we have to look to scripture. Yes. That's right. And scripture is our foundation. And if it's in there, then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe these things pass away with the end of the last mm-hmm. of, of the apostles, you know. But that we are continuationists. Yes. But we were a little fearful because there was so much destruction, yes. is what you're saying at that time. But then when, when God was moving and things were changing, the church really began to grow. Yeah. And there were cell groups. There, How many Maranatha churches are there now? Right now, maybe more than 30. Amazing. We, we're going to have the meeting. A general and, uh, assembly yes, this because, month. Yeah, we, the, the pandemic actually uh, slowed, slowed down the momentum. Yeah. Uh, we supposedly, we're, in Luz- we're up to Man- uh, Luzon right yeah. now. But uh, during the 2020, during the pandemic. But anyway, uh, we're starting to, uh, what do you call this? Uh, to gain momentum, yeah, okay. Right. So, so we'll see because uh, we just need time to get the re- the reports for this year. Yeah. So we're going to meet uh, this month. I think wow. we have yeah. twenty plus 
churches no, before, including uh, 2002 that was 22 churches okay but mm. i heard from our churches they have no we lost uh, a big number because through the pandemic sure people etc but because of the pandemic you know the, the church was forced to spread out it's like right. go so we gained more amazing grounds geographically you yeah know? so we are reaching so you more. grew through coven <laughs> yeah and we even expanded to visayas region amazing. Yes. so we have uh, maranatha in iloilo city which is yeah. so awesome and a, a missionary who went yes, up there yes. Yes. pastor Peng, we give a shout out to her yeah. um yeah. so let me ask you this if if there's a pastor missionary you know someone's in in the ministry holding a cell group of some sort how could you encourage them if they're going through a dry season if they're feeling like man where's the power of god you know what how do we deal with this how do we work through these issues how do we keep our mind fixated on the word and continue to go after god <laughs> How? <laughs> so if it's a how, then there are steps to. Yeah. But, yeah. Basically, it. Uh, let's go back to devotionals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The devotional life. Yeah. But the goal is this. For me, the goal. I mean, even during the pandemic, you know, mm. even you know, I'm working, doing things. I allow my phone to. I mean, I play the Bible. You know. I mean, the, the Bible app. What do you call that? Bible yeah. app. Yeah. There is a Bible app that you can listen to it. The audio. Mm. The audio. So I put it on speaker. Yeah. So the whole day I'm listening. It's like somebody's like reciting the whole Bible to me. Wow. It's such <laughs> Every day from morning to evening. So the, the goal is right now, even recently, is that let us cultivate a meaningful relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. Because after all, what people really need is the presence of God. That's so true. It is the presence of God. So without the presence of God, without God, we literally cannot do anything. Right. You know, people are talking about the Asbury Revival. Uh -huh. It's been in uh, the news so much. And they said, well, we need to be careful to, if, if we should call it a revival or not. And I thought, well, if people are repenting, yeah. public confession, yeah. There's non-stop worship. Yeah. People are praying. Right. It happened suddenly. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. People are coming from different... I think in a town of 8,000 people, they had something like 50,000 people come wow. within two weeks. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then it got exported. Yes. So it may not look like Brownsville, Toronto, yeah. or something else, but we're not trying to recreate revival. Mm. We're just wanting to flow with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And we need to be led by the Spirit of God, the presence That's of right. God. I, I'll never forget, there was a message, I believe it was 2015, that you spoke, spoke about the manifested presence of God. Mm. And I thought it was so encouraging to hear that when the kabod, the glory of mm. God manifests yeah. among us, it's, it's not by accident. Yes. You know, the, when we're pursuing the Lord in prayer, and that was one of the things that we've seen the church really go after God in prayer, and, and there was so much excitement for our prayer meetings, mm -hmm. um, and, and we're seeing that reviving again yes. because it's been hard to come together. But, you know, I, I, I just want to encourage pastors and leaders, you know, don't stop doing what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Keep seeking the presence of God. Right. There's more. 
Let's not limit the Lord. Let's learn from those who've gone before us. But let's be like Pastor Armand said. Let's let's spend time with Jesus. He's listening to the Word all day long. Faith comes by hearing, hearing, hearing the Word of God. If we're right. going to expect God to shake Davao, yes. Mindanao, the Amen. Philippines, the nations, Amen. that's not something we can make happen. Yeah. Right. But if we do the things that He asks us to do, I believe yes. He'll do it. Yes. Now there, it oh, man, let it be. We want more, Jesus. <laughs> you know, I there's something really interesting that's happened to you. You've gotten a real revelation about agricultural product projects. Projects. And we now have an Israel consulate. And about this was not here before we left in 2020. And then we came back um, at the end of 2022. It was not here. But our church, I know Praise Revival Church, there's many churches in the city here have been praying for Israel for many years. Yeah. How are these things combining and working together, agriculture and Israel? Yeah. Uh, we have a few minutes left, but so we cannot really, you know. But yeah. in a, to encapsulate everything, I I believe the only answer for that is God is orchestrating everything. Yeah. So He is positioning the church so the church can be a blessing to people, to yeah. community, and so God is using Israel also, uh, Israel technology, mm. uh, because Israel would like to bless countries, okay, wow. including the Philippines. The, so they wanted to help the economic status of the communities of wow. the Philippines. And so they're helping us with, you know, their uh, technology. Their, their way. So, so right now, uh, it's a blessing for us. It's, it's still, uh, we're still working on it. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but it's part developing. Of it, yes, it's developing. And part of it is uh, with also working with other agencies, awesome. including the, the government. government yeah. Agencies. So we can help people, especially the poorest barangays, you know. We wow. have three districts here in Davao with 188 barangays. Wow. And uh, I'd like to start with the poorest. The poorest okay? of the poor. Yes. Well, that, that's where Jesus went. Unfortunately, we only got like 20 seconds left. <laughs> okay. But All right. I, I want to encourage people. Listen, look up Maranatha Family Church on Facebook here in Davao City. And I would encourage you to watch the videos online. Come check us out. We're presently meeting here at the Fire School Ministry Building on 55 R. Castillo Street, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So these guys are amazing, and it's such an honor to run with you all. We're going to have to have you guys on again and get a little deeper into some of this uh, projects. But what an honor, and thank you for being with us today. It's our privilege, too. Thank you. We love you all. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be with you on our next session. God bless. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next week.